Ahoy, welcome to a brand new episode of Baffled. It's your favourite fact podcast. And after a day and episode absence, all three Baffled boys are back together. Thank you very much for being there. Thank you for finding us. My name's Dan Three for you this week. On my end, I've got stuff about theft, trickery and turgidness. Mark, what do you have? I enjoy those three T's there. Very good. For me this week, a Christmas fact that you think you know, but you don't. A fact that will blow your mind about one of life's biggest questions. And finally, a fact especially for Connor. Well, Connor has recently returned from a little jaunt over in Austin, Texas, his most favourite of all the favourite places in the world. What have you got for us, Connor? We're going to talk about Disney. That one's for Mark. So I'm just doing the favour back, Mark. We're also going to do some Coca-Cola, because why not? And a fact about music that I know Dan will hate, but I think Mark might enjoy. <gasps> Merry Christmas. It's all a good night. It's a brand new episode of Baffle. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. So, Connor, um, tell us about the 12 days of Christmas. I'm sure you've heard... Mark explains. Yeah, he wasn't quite as good as me, wasn't he? He done it in true Connor fashion. What do you mean I did it in true Connor fashion? I did nothing like Connor fashion. You did. You 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 pretended that you knew what you was talking about. I did know what I was talking about because I bothered doing some research and turned up with at least two pages of A4 worth of information. It's it's novel. You should try it sometime. You should really try it. The least listened to episode of Connor explains we've ever done. Two pages of A4. Co- Connor doesn't even bring that for his main episode, let alone Connor explains. It was five gold rings written out in math. Massive font. That's pretty much what it was. Hey, font size has nothing to do with it. It was two pages of A4 and that's all that matters. I bet when I said I was still delayed in Austin, Mark was like, yes, admin, I'll do this episode. Let me research this, please. This is my Hey, turn. you know how little work I do on that podcast and how much I love it. You really think that I was there going, great, more work. That'll be fun. Listen, if you've never heard us before, it's a bit of this, but more of it really. Bickering baffledness we share nine facts every week we decide whether they're amazing or whether they're worth being chucked in the bin of knowledge uh connor you've just got back you look laden with stress i think you can go first uh coca-cola actually played a massive part in the image of santa i have a feeling this is gonna massively overlap into my christmas fact but go on for it connor because i'm interested to see where you're coming at here. okay so before coca-cola decided to use his image for advertising we all know that they use Santa for advertising. Uh, Santa actually looked quite spooky. Um, He didn't look like he does right now. He didn't look as jolly as he does. Um, Then in 1931, uh, Coca-Cola hired an illustrator. His name was Hayden Sundblom. And he painted the idea of Santa for their advertising campaign. And he made him warm. He made him a happy character 
with human features, including rosy cheeks, a white beard, twinkling eyes, and also some laughter lines. And there we go. Well, and a little then, image of Santa. And notably made him red. Father Christmas used to be green before Coca-Cola had their way. Did you not know this fact before you started researching for the podcast, Connor? Uh, no, I did actually know this fact. And I knew that Coca-Cola played a part, but I didn't know to what extent. I didn't realise that they actually recreated like a new image of Santa using an illustrator. That was all news to me. I just thought that they kind of redirected the idea of Santa in a way that made him a little bit more happy. I didn't realise that they completely made a new look for him, which is actually a look that still is there today. I didn't. Can know I that. jump well, in at this moment? And give my first fact of the show. Here we go. This is my Christmas fact that you think you know, but you don't. Everything Connor just said is urban myth that has been perpetuated and perpetuated and perpetuated down the years. Yes, Coke have had a lot to do with what Santa looks like, but it's all based on stuff from the 1800s rather than Coke themselves. Coke were not the first people to make Santa red. And coke's picture which they painted is all based upon the uh poem from 1822 was the night before christmas so coke have been given a lot of credit for the fact that oh coke are the reason santa's now red not true he was first painted wearing red in the 1870s uh, and the image that he gave them uh is actually from 1822 I don't know. I think I, I believe Connor with this one. Yeah, I'm, I'm team Connor in this battle. Is that because that's what you thought as well? And I've just debunked what you thought too. No, I'm just team, just team Connor. I just, you know, like to throw a grenade, see what happens. Well, the thing is, th- this is obviously very westernized, isn't it? Because the main image that you see of Santa will be from America and then American films, which spread all over the world. Whereas like places in Scandinavia, their Santas are still... Are still very mean, so you get Krampus in the Netherlands, not Scandinavia, you know what I mean. He, he's quite an evil Santa. He's like the the alter ego of Saint Nick. In Iceland, Iceland have thirteen Santas who come down one every day through the twelve days of Christmas. So Santas are different everywhere. I thought that Santa was just a global icon. Again, he is because it's been, I would imagine, perpetuated by American movies and now the Coca Cola brand. So that's why. Well, there we go. There you go. Two facts in one. Who knew we were going to get so serious about so, about Santa so early? Yeah. Yeah, thank That's you, That's also why he has various names as well. Santa Claus is very American. Father Christmas is very British. Father Christmas, what it is, Pierre Noel, Papa Gigio. Yeah. And Saint Nick is supposedly the saint he was originally based on. So that's why it's called Saint Nick every now and again. Oh, there you go. Two facts in one for you. I'll have my first fact of the show. What do you reckon is the most stolen thing in the world, Connor? Um, I'm going to go with... Sweets. No, Mark. Uh, I'm going to say those little pencils from Argos. Oh, God. A, a, a joke. A joke from, tw- very from specific- 10 years ago. Very specific to the <laughs> Very UK. specifically aimed at mid noughties teenagers there. Yeah. The most nicked thing in the world is cheese. 4% of the world's cheese ends up stolen, which means it's the most stolen food, the most stolen thing in the world. 500 million pounds of cheese is stolen annually. Uh, the average car weighs roughly four thousand pounds. The equivalent of one hundred twenty-seven thousand cars of, ch- of cheese is stolen every year because it's worth a lot of money. I think I know why. It, I think I know why. It's because it's worth a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, it's worth a lot of money. Yes, but also I think cheese is stolen a lot because in my time in America, in the last two Here weeks, we I noticed a really weird thing that links with this fact that kind of made, mm, it was not weird, but a bit dis- bit disgusting. I felt. You know when you go to the supermarkets in the UK, you order your cheese at the cheese counter, the fresh cheese, and they can cut you it, can't they? Yeah. And then you can order the pre-packed ones down the aisle. Well, in America, you just cut it yourself. 
you just cut your own slab of cheese. They trust you to do the weighing. They trust you to put the barcode on it. They trust you to then pay for it. I, I would, I mean, knowing most people who love a bit of cheddar, would you not, would you not just sort of slip a little bit in the bag, you know? Yeah, like, but that, that, that's, it's, they're not stealing cheddar. They're stealing higher grade cheese. They're not stealing, you fairly, I mean, it's just cheap, but you're standardly cheap English cheddar. They're, 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 they're doing better than that. So they're not wiping the floor with like Cathedral City on a weekly basis. No, it's just. No, 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 no. It's not, no derelict. No it's laugh. high end. Yeah, high end. Like in 2017, the Italian police undertook an operation called Operation Wine and Cheese. And they captured 10 masterminds who were behind the theft of 168 wheels of Parmesan, which was $110,000 worth. So there you go. Wow. There we go. Who knew that OCG has got involved in cheese? The most stolen food in the world is cheese. Who'd have thunk it? Oh, you said the most stolen thing. Yeah, it's the most stolen. Well, it's the most stolen thing. But well, I thought you said most stolen. Fo- I would imagine money's the most stolen thing in the world. But you know, we have, we have to be generous. We have to be generous. Yeah. How about a corner, please? Don't get me started on your Santa. You wasn't red until Coca Cola fact. Right, we've smashed through the first three. Connor, give us your second fact of the show and then wait for Mark to chip in. <laughs> so, you know the song Torn by Natalie in Bruglia? Yes. Did you have to look up what her last name was? No, it's just I like to say it like that because it's fun to do. In Bruglia, all um, she do. She didn't write it. She didn't write it. She, she actually just covered that song from a band that are called Edna Swap. Edna Swap, however you want to pronounce it. I have looked at a few interviews on YouTube as well, and they both say it in two different ways. It's quite funny, really. Um, but yeah, she covered the song, completely made it her own, um, and that band are not very well known. Um, and kind of, I, I think, sit there a little bit gutted at the fact that they were never the ones that made that track that big. Is, is this the music fact that you said I, I wouldn't like? I knew you wouldn't like it. Yeah, I hate it. Yeah, I knew you'd hate it. But it's also... A great fact, on the other hand, is because it? it's such a massive, massive, massive global hit. I mean, that is a huge track. If it was just the standard Ed Sheeran song or whatever, I'd be like, well, this is probably her biggest song, one of the biggest songs ever made. And it's just a cover. Ridiculous. She just sings it well. I mean, I am glad that you went further, because when you just said she didn't write it, I was like, ah, I mean, there's a lot of songs out there that aren't written by the people they sing. The fact it's a cover does make this fact vaguely interesting. Does it? That's exactly it. If you go on to Spotify, you can actually listen to the band do the original rock version of this song. It's completely different. Nowhere near as good. But she just thought, oh, I'll cover it. But this is the thing. I actually done a little look. A lot of, a lot, a lot of artists do this. Loads of artists do this. But I wonder whether this is more on the bad side of the band or the bad side of Natalie. Because the fact her biggest hit is a cover doesn't that really say a lot or am i just looking at this in a negative light i just i just i just think i just think it's it's a it's a very uninspiring fact i think so i reckon so many songs are actually covers that you don't know are covers yeah i mean un- uninspiring facts the fact that cheese gets nicked the most really got me lifted you know I, oh come on really made me feel che- the fact that cheese is the most stolen thing is much more interesting than the fact that yeah. uh, like a song from the 90s is actually a cover well hold on a minute okay just just to put this in perspective for you so the band edna swap edna swap they have 10,900 monthly listeners on spotify now that's not too bad but it's not great their song torn is the most streamed track. Now, you think based, this just goes to show, you think based on how big it is with Natalie, it'd be quite high on the stream. Can, can we stop calling her Natalie as if you two are like best mates? Yeah, no. I'm, yeah, I know, I'm raging Nat- at that. I'm, I'm, I'm silently raging at that. Yeah. 470,000 streams. Natalie has done 429 million streams. 
I mean, I imagine if you look at the stream differences between the Zootons and Amy Winehouse and Mark Ronson's version of Valerie, it would be vaguely similar in terms of how much higher one is to the other. It 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 means nothing other than she just did a cover. Yeah, but the Zootons, okay, Valerie, 40 million. Now, that's not too bad. That isn't too bad, okay? We, we give that. The other band had 400k. Old Natalie has done almost 500 mil. So other songs that you didn't know were a cover... That a covers Johnny Cash's Ring of Fire is a cover. Um, Whitney Houston, I Will Always Love You is a cover. Don, the Don Beatles Twist and Shout is a cover. Exactly. The Fuji's Killing Me Softly with His Song is a cover. Uh, Elvis, Hound Dog cover? is a cover. My point is, there are many, many, many more famous songs out there than Natalie and Brulia's Torn. Tune as it is, but come on. I just was saying I felt sorry for the original band as well, you know, so... Big up to Edna Swap. I wouldn't feel sorry for them because they wrote the thing and they are probably, probably roll, laughing all the way now, to yeah. their massive, massive, massive houses. They got more money from Natalie or, and Brulia covering that song than they will from any other song they do. Or Edna Swap, Edna Swap. It depends what, you, what way you want to go, really, you know? Mark, give us your second fact of the show. And Connor, this is your chance to try and prove Mark wrong. He did it to you. Let's see what happens. Have you ever wondered, bet you have, why British houses have a hot tap and a cold tap, whereas everywhere else in the world, they just have like a mixed tap? I tell you what, this is very interesting. I think it, well, my mind is because the hot and water, the hot and cold water is taken from two different places in the house for a lot of people. That's yes, my idea. That is true. And the reason for it is, uh, so basically... Houses were the way that houses were constructed after World War Two. You would have, as you said, Dan, a hot water tank in the loft. But quite often, that hot water tank is not the most safe thing in the world. So you're not going to want to drink it. Therefore, it's illegal in the UK to drink to have a mixer tap if your hot water comes from a hot water tank because God knows what it could have in there. It could have dead pigeons in there for all you know. So that is why there is a separate cold water tap that comes from the main water supply and then a hot water tank that so comes to make sure- a hot water tap sorry that comes from your hot water tank so if you are in a house that was built around the 50s that is why to make sure you don't die from the water great i enjoy that and but now you can get mixer taps yeah can't you? so now like for example yeah. this my flat here has a mixer tap but it doesn't have a hot water tank Ooh, so i know someone's doing cool. all right uh, it doesn't have a mixer tap because instead my hot water just gets heated as it comes through. So if you're in a house or a flat that has a hot water storage tank, so you have hot water there and ready without having to wait for it to warm up, you're not allowed to have a mixer tank. Did you write the Jeez, song... Mark. Plum, plumber Mark. Plumber <laughs> Mark. <laughs> Did you write the song Torn that went to Natalie Imbruglia so you could afford this luscious flat oh, that's got know, these, right. this mixing tap? Ooh. Do you know, I once... We're talking to taps while we're on the subject. I once worked for a company, that, and this blew my mind. They had a tap... Is this another one of Connor's fictional jobs? One of the 72 fictional jobs you had. Yeah. No, these, I had so many jobs before I'd done all this. But they had a, they had a tap where one side of it was steel water filtered and the other side was sparkling. Glorious. Sparkling glorious. water. Oh, what, a wonderful. Jo- what a joy. What a joy. I have to dick around with a soda yeah. stream for that. When I work for other companies, uh, they have instant boiling water. You've got a little tap that does that. Best thing in the world. Imagine that you don't have to. You don't have to time the kettle. You don't have to worry about all that faff. I want it hot water. I'm doing it now. Picture perfect. Mm. I mm. I quite enjoyed that. I don't know why it, it, you have sedated a curiosity that I never knew. Yeah, I, I think it's had. one of those things you potentially think about two or three times a year. At a point, you go, "Why the f- is there separate taps when you're burning your hand on one you tap and your other and your other hand's freezing cold?" I think you think about it two or three times a year. Could- 
Now you know. Could be a new like Nigel category this one, couldn't it? You know, for like the least the least related fact to our style of podcast, but still one of the greatest. That's I'm uh, just saying that like, you you can't really go anywhere with it, but I fucking love it at the same time. It's, I think I think we would need a catchier title than that, if I'm honest. Maybe facts you never thought you needed to know. There we go. Yeah, you know. That's oh, better. Mate, there we go, yeah. See, that's the kind of fact title that Natalie and Brulia would copy, not yours, Connor, sorry. Fact number two for me. Did you know 20% of the time when squirrels are burying nuts, they're faking it? Love that. Absolutely love that. So squirrels, squirrels bury fake food just in case... You don't know if you've had your own head buried in the ground for a while. Squirrels, they will harvest food through the summer and the autumn. Then they will bury it through the winter when it's really cold um, and come back to it where there's not a lot of food around. Now, squirrels are forever worried that other people will nick, not other people, that other creatures will nick their food. So they will occasionally, 20% of the time, they will bury fake food give it the big carry on they'll dig deep they'll find a lot of mud to throw over the top of it they'll really get down but they won't bury anything because they're trying to trick any other animals that could be watching and pretend that they're burying food when really they're not so would that also then waste the other animals time because they might then head over to that patch have a little dig in the time they're having a dig the squirrels can go to where they know the nuts are and have a good old load up yeah exactly that and also it just it confuses maybe the stealing animals because they think there's you know there might be like 10 holes out there but only two have actually got acorns in so it just slows them down wastes their time it buys the squirrel as you say a bit more time to get their own food so 20 percent of the time when squirrels are burying food it's not real there we go Squirrels are actually a bloody nightmare, aren't they? I don't know if you remember a long time ago, but we spoke about, I think it was me, brought the fact that squirrels are the number one reason for most electrical cutouts in the US. Yeah. And they're also buggers because they trick other animals with the nuts. So overall, squirrels, not the best. I love a squirrel. Bit of a nightmare. Love a squirrel. Because other, other countries don't really have squirrels. When I have cousins from Australia that come over here, can't bloody believe the things. Like, when I go over there, I'm looking for spiders, snakes, I'm looking for anything deadly, maybe a shark. Over here, they love a squirrel. Love a squirrel. Don't want a grey squirrel, though. Red squirrels are the way to go. My cousins in Austin, who I just went to visit, if you didn't know, um, they have a white squirrel that comes in their garden that they call Gandalf. Mm, There you go. You know what? We should name this episode... How many times is Connor just going to squeeze the fact he went to Austin into facts when it's really not needed? Expect a month of that, by the way, dear listener. I'm really upset to be home. Hello, sorry to interrupt your podcast. We didn't do that. It's just been magically done for us. We do a podcast, which I think you might like if you like this podcast. Our podcast is called The A to Z of Men with me, Chris Brooks. And me, Scott Robinson. And what's the podcast about, Scott? I mean, what we're doing really is giving you an insight, a delve into the male mind. We're going through the alphabet, letter by letter. I submit a word, Chris submits a word, and we battle it out to see what word goes in to the A to Z of Men. And you can get us wherever you get your podcast from just search for the A to Z of men. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You can always get in touch with the show, by the way, info at baffledpod.com. If you've got any facts that you'd like to send our way, if you like one of the world famous, very rarely seen because they're very rarely sent baffled badges... Hey, they all get sent all the time. If you'd like Connor to explain something to you on a future Friday, info at baffledpod.com is where you need to go. Also, uh, follow us on our socials. We are at baffledpod on both Insta and TikTok. Last round of facts. We are flying through them today. Uh, Connor, give us your last fact of the show. Well, yeah, I enjoyed this one. Um, I'm sure maybe Mark knows this one. If you don't, then Mark, you're going to love it. It's to do with Disney. Um, obviously, a huge brand, good old Disney. We love them. Um, so you know their logo, their Walt Disney logo that they have at the beginning of films? It features in every opening scene for every single Disney film that's out there. Um, do you know it changes every single time for every single film and it's never used twice? Somebody recreates it for every single individual film. Really? Mark Mark knew that, right? I don't know if I'd buy that. I mean, Mark, so, Mark, hang Mark has so heard basi- this. However, I'll give, I'll give, Mark I'll has give, doubted this a lot in the past. I'll give you and more. Also, I'll give you more. Okay, give us more, and then and then I'll come in with my issues. Okay, so the first film to feature this combination was The Black Cauldron in 1985, but in 1995, the opening credit of Toy Story, the logo was changed to feature an animated castle to match the style of the Pixar animated film. I'm sure you know about that, Mark. Look at it. Look, I do love Mark because he says that he's a fan of Disney and he really f***ing is as well. He does know a lot. You've got to give it to the guy. Um, so Why would anyone lie about that? Why would a 30-year-old exactly. man lie about that? Yeah. <laughs> so after the positive fan reaction, uh, Disney decided to alter their opening logo to reflect the context of each film. In 2006, the Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest, uh, the first fully 3D version of the castle was used. Plus, in 2011, the Walt was dropped entirely. Um, and yeah, you can you can check it out on Google. If you have a little Google, you can see all of the different sort of times it's been recreated. That was going to be my issue with it. Like you say it's recreated as if they've gone, oh, have you got the original? No, oh, I'll just redo the exact same thing. They change it every time. So I don't really think it's necessarily much of an amazing fact of, oh, they recreate it every time. Well, well yes, because they tailor it to the different movies. And they've got like, they'll yeah, but- have like a... You know, they're not getting someone to hand draw every single time. They'll have your, your template, won't yeah. they? And then they just fart around with the template, like Stick Lightning McQueen racing through the W or something like that. 
Yeah, but, there's but, the, but so it still but, makes the logo but, different. But, but, but it's different. Logo, aren't you? It is different. <laughs> oh, wow. I I, was that a thirty? Was that a thirty-year-old man getting a bit sensitive about these? But then again, Connor, the thing is, I might. My thing is, it is it's part of the film, so you're just Mm. kind of saying that all films are different, really. Yeah, all films are different, but it incorporates the look. Look, this is a fact about Disney that Disney have openly admitted they do. By all means, Dan and Mark from Baffled can go and prove Disney. I'm not saying it's wrong. No, I'm I'm not saying they're wrong. Essentially, what you're this is just like fact two all over again. What you're saying is that each film just covers the original intro slightly differently. It's like Natalie and Brulia covering from well, no, that band and doing it a different version. Oh, well, this if one's going to... interact with the logo, the, like, lo- the logo's different. Like, if, if, you, if you put a car going through Baffled with, like, a fucking road going through the A, that changes the logo. Like, it, it's a different... See, I would argue the logo the is logo. still the same. It just has a different, a different twist on it. A, a different... Yeah, exactly. The logo's different. No, the different. logo's hey, the same. Listen, a different what? twist. Hey, uh, hey, listen. The greatest film intro logo fact we've ever had is that the MGM lion it's not the lion making the noise it's a tiger yep. it's the best one we've ever had it will never be beaten remember that to the day you die Mark give us your last fact of the show okay this one's especially for Connor I feel like he might just really engage with this one Moran Nasari was an Iranian refugee who ended up living in the departure lounge of Terminal 1 in Charles de Gaulle airport from the 26th of August 1988 all the way up until July 2006 living they made that documentary about it didn't they Uh, they They made a documentary uh, Tom Hanks with Tom Hanks the terminal yeah so that was loosely based on it so they paid him rights for it and then didn't actually use his story and change it slightly but it is based upon him yeah it is the greatest film it's I would say it's top five. It's top five greatest films ever made absolutely up there I think it's one of Tom Hanks best tell me Alf I tell you what we, we could Let's make a separate podcast where we just review Tom Hanks films. Why was he stuck in the airport? I couldn't even name you the film, but I feel like I have to watch the it. Terminal. The Terminal. I mean, it's it's, it's a very oh, it's I've a big car. Oh name. my like, word! Oh, it's brilliant. I've heard of it. I've heard of it. Watch now the I know. Terminal. Yeah. I didn't know that. It's ba- that's crazy as well. That the fact the guy done that. That's quite recent. You always feel like with things like that, sometimes it can be a little bit. Back in the day, because people didn't really blah, blah, blah. That's yeah, crazy. so uh, Moran was expelled from Iran for protesting against the Iranian Shah, which is the king. So he decided he was going to travel towards Britain because he had one British relative he was going to head towards there. Uh, along the way, he had his briefcase stolen. So when he got to the UK, having gone via France, uh, they turned him away. He went, well, you've got none of your documents. You've got no passport. We can't let you in. So they sent him back to France. France then went, well, we're going to send you back wherever you came from. Realised he'd actually legally entered France. And because he was expelled from Iran, they had no country to send him back to. So he just kind of got stuck there. They couldn't send him anywhere, but they also couldn't allow him into France. So therefore, he just lived in the airport from 1988 until 2006. And the only reason he left was because he had to be hospitalised. Where is he now? So sorry, sorry. 18 years. Try that again, Daniel. 1988 to 2006. Yeah, 18 years. Eight years. Oh, yeah, that is 18, 18 years. years. In my head, that was 28. Years. I do oh, apologise, Daniel. Um, yes. Mark, did, did people did people know? Like, yes. were people Did people feel sorry for him and stuff? I so, like, yeah? he's not just, you know, in the middle of the departure lounge and everyone's coming and going, going around him. Like, he found a little bit of an airport that, would, that he could kind of keep himself to himself. You should really watch the terminal. Um... And then you will understand this a lot more. But 
but yeah, so people knew he was there. So he was friendly with all the airport staff. They knew he was there. They'd bring in papers. He'd get his food and all of this. But he just wasn't legally allowed to leave the airport because the airport isn't yet French territory or it's not, fr- it's not past the French border because he hasn't gone through border control. But they had no other country to send him back to. So he was essentially in no man's land. That just happened to be Terminal 1 See, of Charles de Gaulle Airport. I'm- I'm glad he got food because I was actually going to su- suggest, you know, if he was still doing that, probably sign up to an American Express card, which gives you free entry daily to the club lounge, which is a great open. Is that, is that is that what you did on your trip to Austin? Oh my god, yeah, have you just really been to Austin? Um, Mark, yeah. so this guy was hospitalised. What happened to him after so, that? So uh, he was hospitalised in 2006. And then he was kind of, once he got out of hospital, he then started moving around different places in Paris. So he was with the Red Cross in Paris for a little bit. He then moved to a shelter. So he is now out of the airport and he's living in a shelter in Paris. It's actually, as much as it's a sad story, it's a kind of lovely story, isn't it? In a weird way. I hope the film maybe shows that too. But really sh- yeah, but the fact that people did care for him and the fact that he was kind of, in a way, he's kind of nice, isn't it? I mm, guess it's yeah. getting warm in that there's people in the world doing that. In the film, Tom Hanks doesn't become homeless. Mm. But I would say, I would say a happier ending to that one. Right, last fact of the show. Mark, how often do you change your beds, you dirty scoundrel? Me? Never. Your sheets? Your sheets? You never, uh, well, how, I, how often probably do Probably two weeks. Every two weeks. Connor, what about you, you fat hanging rat? Yeah, once a week, Sundays. Really? Every Sunday? That's very good. Did you know a single man, on average, changes his bedding four times a year? Ooh. That is absolutely disgusting. I, I have this really weird thing as well around bedding. People that that get out of bed and don't shower in the morning, which I appreciate a lot of people don't do, but I always find you in your like bedding sweating and you're like doing night stuff you know i don't know it just creeps me out a little bit what are you doing in the night apart from fun times like? well you just sweat you, you're sweating aren't you like well, you're, you're, not you're in bed you know you're not you're not sweating that much in bed if if you are sweating every night and you've got the night sweats you should probably see your gp you got you got you got to get in the shower first thing in the morning you see i'm to. when i was at university shower, but purely mainly because it just wakes me up i can understand yeah. like i can understand mm. people who shower before they go to bed I guess actually showering before you go to bed would make the bedding cleaner. Exactly. In hindsight. Yeah, sure. Wouldn't stop you sweating. When I was at university, I... Bathed with your mum. We know. We've heard this before. Oh, sorry? Didn't you bathe with your mum in your mum's bathwater? No, that was was pre-university. I did bathe with my mum until I went to university. Hey, mum, do you mind coming up to uni? It's time (laughs) time for my monthly bath. I was in the bathwater and I understand that was disgusting. But I don't... In my first year of uni, it just didn't cross my mind to change my bedding. I can't imagine how gross it would have been. I guess I can kind. Of, I, I guess I kind of understand that. You know, when you're at uni, it doesn't enter into your brain. Your yeah, yeah. Like it's a Sunday afternoon. Do you fancy some cheap pints at Weatherspoons? Oh no, I'm going to change the bedding. Yeah. Doesn't really like. It's not. Gonna <laughs> no, it doesn't. It didn't take me that long. Year, to be fair, it didn't take me that long. Four times a year is is is. Connor, can good. I ask you a question? I mean, you say I got to see a GP. You change your bedding yeah. every week, or yeah. does your mum change your bedding every week? No, my mum washes my bedding. I still live at home, but I change the bedding. That's fair. Girls change, unattached women change their linen every two and a half weeks. Uh, The grubbiest group are 18 to 25-year-olds. Half claim they change their bedding every three months. Ugh. Nice. Even when I was single, I wasn't doing it that irregularly. No. Well, you just didn't go to bed. You just outpleaded with girls. You know know me, constant partier. Like a... God, like live, a meat hook on Tinder, just swiping right on anyone. Lived a wild life. <laughs> Bleed. <laughs> like a meat hook on Tinder. 
What have we learned this week? Well, squirrels bury fake food. Who knows how Santa was created? Maybe you will. <laughs> have a listen to the new episode of Connor Explains, which is coming out in a few days' time. And wouldn't you know it, every Disney film is different than the last Disney film. Every scene is different than the last Disney scene. Who'd have thunk it? Say goodbye, Mark. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Connor. See you later. We're back Friday with a brand new Connor Explains. We're getting very Christmassy. Make sure you follow us. It'll automatically download. And we will see you then. Goodbye. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.